apologies for uh, getting this out on Thursday again. Um, dropping this after the uh, Thursday night football game. I mean, I guess there wasn't even a point in talking about it. I mean, that was uh, quite the uh, shit show of football. Um, yeah, happy to see the Bears in the mud. All right, enjoy. Get a hold of yourself, Eugene. I'm going in. Take it easy, friend. I'm the manager of this establishment. Everything's gonna be just fine. I'm really scared here, man. You got a name? Phil? You got a family, Phil? <laughs> Come on, Phil, stay with me. Let's hear about that family. I got a wife and two beautiful children. That's what it's all about. I want you to do me a favor, Phil. What? Say cheese. All right, we're back with episode number eight after week five of the NFL season. Booby, Zawo, how are we? Doing great. Chill weekend again. Ready to talk some fantasy football. Doing good. Finally got my revenge on Joel from last year when he went on to win the championship. So that's all good. Yeah, Zabo in the lead chat, you guys were talking about mimosas on Sunday. Did you ever make it out there? Um, yeah, I actually hung out with Levi this weekend. Shout out to the hot dookies. Um, I think it was screwdrivers. I don't think I don't think uh, mimosas happened, but a lot of things happened. Let's just say that. All I know is he sent me a picture of you, and and it was pretty pretty sure that the uh, lights were on, but no one was home. So you love to see that on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when the Packers are playing, it's hard not to. So in sports today, um, around the world, playoff baseball started. Um, could go in depth with a lot more things. I've been following the Mariners a lot actually today. They're in the ALDS, um, second round of the playoffs. They swept the Blue Jays, but. Lost a huge game, game one, off a walk-off through on home where baseball is just so weird. Anything can change at any given moment. Yeah, I mean, I know some of the games were pretty wild. Like, the Mets collapsed at the end of the year, the last week, won 100 games, didn't even make it out of the wild card. I know their Guardians and, ah, shit, forget who they played, but they went into, like, a 15-inning game with no runs. That was pretty absurd. Why can't I think of who they played? Do you know off the top of your head? Not the was it the, not the Braves. Um, I can't think off the top of my head either. What are we What are we doing? What are we doing as a podcast here? We gotta be better. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, it's been it's been pretty crazy. Um, Cardinals, R.I.P. Lang. That was tough. R.I.P. Lang. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, we can touch more on it when it gets later. The Guardians played the Rays. I just had to look it up. Yeah, the Rays. that makes sense. NBA basketball is going to be back here in a week. Um, I'm excited. Just all the hype that you see around these teams and these new players and other teams, you know. We're definitely going to talk about opening week when it gets there and give our takes on some basketball things along with fantasy football. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, the only notable news is I saw Lamel is going to be out for the start of the season after spraining his ankle in that one preseason game. And uh, I might as well add as well that NHL really kicks off tonight as well. Their season opens up. So, I mean, I'm wearing my Preds jersey. Only the boys can see it, but I'm excited. Big hockey guy. Uh, shout out to Draymond. I'm here for it. 
Like, oh like, shit! <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so Draymond eventually punches Pool during practice. I I've heard that Pool's got a mouth on him, but you gotta wonder what the heck was said. I mean, I don't think it should ever escalate to what it did in that situation. I mean, that's really tough. Um, I mean, if that's a guy like I saw that it vindicated Bobby Portis, so shout out, shout out Bobby. <laughs> there but, we go. I mean. They're not going to get rid of either of them, especially after winning a title with both of them. It's just kind of going to impact off-season moves that they have to make this year after the season with Poole and Draymond being both up for either extensions or hitting free agency. So if you had to keep one, I mean, are you keeping Draymond sticking with your guy or are you keeping Poole going with the future? I'm sticking with Poole. I mean, the fact that, he can do other things. So when Steph Curry and, you know, Clay, eventually their time comes and they do fall back down to earth, who knows that you've got something there. I also wanted to bring up before Booby kind of goes here, Joel brought up, and it was a good point, that, like, Hero just got that big contract, right? And, like, obviously these NBA guys know when they're going to get paid. Like, maybe that whole conflict was about, like, hey, I know I'm getting that bag and, like, I'm going to be here a while and you're probably going to get shipped during the off season, So... I'm assuming it was something around money. I would like to think so. Yeah. I would personally say pool, but I'm not an NBA GM. I'm not Bob Myers, the GM for the Warriors. So, yeah, I'm not sure what direction they would want to go given that situation. I mean, you think you'd opt for the youth to keep things running longer, but Draymond's obviously been a, a central part of all the championships they've won, so. I mean, I think I personally think I'd keep Draymond just because he's like the heart of the team. And when he's on the court, their defense is not okay. So I don't know how like much that would impact their defense without like a defensive forward that can guard anybody in the league. Yeah, I will add that Pool is a very, very skeptical defender. Saw it all playoffs. So at some point you're either gonna have to pick youth or role what you got and try to win now. So um that's all we've got for sports today. Zach, thanks for helping us out with that one. Um, on to our Doge report. You got any updates for us here, Doge? Actually, I do have one thing uh, before I get in, uh, maybe like some trade rumors, stuff like that. There's not a lot to say, but um, I was uh, just having some casuals, some uh, college buddies this weekend, and they brought up uh, an interesting thing about the sleeper app for fantasy football. Now we've never talked about switching platforms for fantasy football. I'm not saying that we should, it would be tough to lose a lot of league history. It would need to be documented, archived, remembered for the future. But I think that there should be a question posed after the season, whether or not we may want to move to a different app. I've heard that ESPN's kind of been behind the last couple of years sleeper you're able to put side bets in on matchups like you're willing you're actually able to put in the league pot into the league and it'll be paid out at the end of the season there's about like a lot of different options that you have with sleeper along with like more news being updated um i mean i would like to hear your guys' thoughts on maybe the potential of that being the case but um i just thought it was interesting and i think that it's got to be like a no-brainer when we have a hopefully more extensive and um what's the word I'm looking for proper league meeting before the year starts next year, make sure everything's set, set in stone. So yeah, I just want to know what you guys have to think about that. I think really what it is, 
is like, we just got to do these things before we get together at a bar. And like, we should know this by now based off history. It's just got to be laid down beforehand. So there's no issues. I think when it comes to side bets, that'd be awesome. Like, I can't even imagine how much money I've been thrown down on me versus Mitch. Um, I'm all for it. I mean, I'd love to hear what Mitch has to say. I mean, that'd be a lot of money you're going to lose here um, next time we see each other. But, you know, got to be confident in your team, I guess. Um, my only thing would just be, I don't know, like the, like the league history and like the familiarity around ESPN is it's easy to navigate and easy to like add drop players. I've been on some of the other apps, like, no, it's not sleeper, but like Yahoo and like CBS sports and stuff like that. And it's just like annoying. I don't know. I don't really get the point of moving to the other apps, but I don't know a whole lot about them. So maybe that's a conversation we can definitely have either during this year or towards the end of this year to prepare for next year. Also, like, I don't think, necessarily that we need to change i just think like zach said and maybe berg last podcast just make sure we've got some precedent set and like get things done in terms like these league meetings and things like that so really like put the hammer down set up these meetings if they're going to get done and you're not there well unfortunately you don't get a vote i'm sorry but if there's like at least more than half of the group there we should be able to get things done yeah i don't think it's a change we need but um obviously it would take some taking getting used to if we ever switched um i just think that from what i've heard there's a lot more customization when it comes to league settings i know it's like this is like the desired spot for like dynasty leagues stuff like that we're not interested in that we're going to be staying a redraft i don't think that'll ever change um no keepers nothing like that but when it comes to that app and dealing with those issues it's really good and there's a lot more drop menus to look into things there's more analytics um, I just thought that was interesting that was brought up to me. And uh, I mean, I kind of just wanted to put it out there uh, before, obviously, next year. I mean, it's a long ways away before we ever make that decision, but I thought it was worth noting. Um, but on regards to trade rumors, anything like that, not a lot on my front. I'm not getting as much information this year, it seems, as I did last year, which is fine. I don't mind when managers keep their business private. Um, it's fun to get the rumblings and know what's going on and being able to tell you guys, but I don't have a lot. I mean, I've done my fair share of reaching out and I don't really get too far with anybody I have with one person, but it kind of was like never materialized based on like the upcoming week. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a, have a lot. Um, going back to that sleeper app, um, is it a thing to like bet on other people's games too, Dylan? Like, I'm, if al- you did game of the week, I'm almost positive, yes. Because could you imagine everyone betting on game of the week? That'd be electric. Yeah, I mean, it certainly like there are pros and cons, obviously, to every app, and I think that from what I know, the cons would literally just be if we went to sleeper, knowing the app and being familiar with it, and like. Obviously, that would also, like, when it comes to draft projections and stuff, I mean, I'm not sure what everybody used for the draft this year, but I'm sure the majority used ESPN. And, I mean, there's a bunch of other good sites out there that people use for fantasy information and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know what everybody uses from that stuff, but, yeah. Yeah, I will say 
Um, I've definitely, we talked very briefly. Um, I liked where I was at considering our trade booby, but I did reach out to Jordan about Nick Chubb. I mean, it's really going to be hard to touch the Chubb this year, pause, but um, you're, it's definitely a guy you're going to want on your team. Um, so I did reach out about him and I also reached out to Levi um, to talk about a few guys, but words and names are definitely being thrown around. Just no one has been able to commit to some things and yet it is still early. Um, even for some of the teams that are two and three, one and four, uh, they're pretty confident in what they've got thus far. Um, joining us here for this episode of the podcast is a player who kind of does a lot of behind the scenes, pulling the strings, if you will. Um, his comments are too few and far between, but end up coming out in other people's names from other players but nonetheless is an ultimate competitor and someone we've been talking about a lot regarding the two tight ends. Let's introduce tight end university manager, Nick Wozniki. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, guys. Some people call me Geppetto because, you know, I may be pulling the strings and stirring the pot, but you're never going to hear it come out of my voice. So excited to be on with you and excited to answer some of these questions you have laid out for me. And uh, what... I don't know what the fuck Mitch is pointing at me for. I don't know if he can hear me or what, but one thing I want to point out, since I don't get to talk during the other sports segment, you guys don't talk much about college football. You know, that's fine. I understand I'm a bigger Badger fan than some of the others on the, in the, in the league group chat, you know, Berg's a bigger one, Verts, Levi, whatever, but I just got to point out Badgers kicked the shit out of Northwestern this weekend. And the one thing I really want to point out is that the dog out of Waukesha North, Shimmery DK, had 10 catches for 185 yards and three touchdowns. And Mitch calls him slow, which I don't get because he's cooking defenders the whole game. And just to prove that he wasn't slow, I was looking up some of his uh, high school stats. The dude took sixth in the 100-meter dash as a junior in Division One. So, Mitch, that's an awful take. DK's a dog. You're just mad that someone from Waukesha North is successful. Sorry, I took that I took that intro over, but I had to get that off my chest before we got started here, boys. No, not a big deal whatsoever. I mean, there's not I mean, I don't I don't love college football like I don't I used to pay really close attention. But nowadays, I don't know. And the Badgers this year, just I mean, at least Chris is gone. I'm sure he's a massive Badger fan. You got to be a little happy about that. Like, I like Jim Leonard a lot. I'm not going to lie. Like, I know the Packers are looking at him at D coordinator before we hired uh, Barry. And he opted to stay with the Badgers because he wanted to coach college football. So that's cool. But, yeah, I don't really have a lot on college football. Yeah, Jim Leonard's a dog. And the fact that Mitch has nothing to say about me hyping up Shimmery DK just proves that his hate is for no reason. So, look. I don't necessarily like hate him. I just, I mean, college programs develop athletes way beyond what a high school program in a city could possibly do for someone. Okay. All I'm saying is when I saw him in college play basketball, I never saw him play football, but I saw him play basketball and I never in my life would have imagined that he would be a huge impact on a fairly good college football team let alone good program in previous years i if you told me that i would have been like no you're drunk i mean he's doing well and i'm always gonna 
try and support my best for guys from the Waukesha area. I just, it was so thrown off for me, but yes, I have thrown heat and shade his way. Cause I didn't think he was that athletic. See, you, you were a hundred percent spot on until you finished it with, I don't think he was that athletic. I just proved to you that he was athletic in high school. It, let's, I know. This isn't my show, but let's move on. Cause your opinion's awful here. I'm just saying, I didn't think he was watching him play basketball. That's all. But yes. Um, Zach, care to say hello? Hey, Nick. I didn't think I had to say hi, but how you doing? Good. Hey, we just saw each other Sunday. <laughs> yep, sure did. All right, I don't know Nick. if Zach remembers. I don't know if First I remember. question. <laughs> so we give you a lot of shade on this podcast for drafting the two tight ends. Um, and currently you're sitting at one and four. During the draft process, where do you think you went wrong? And how do you think you could or would have changed that looking back at the draft board now? Oh, God. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but the answer is obvious. Don't take Kyle Pitts. Don't fall for the preseason hype train. I mean, I was watching preseason highlights of the guy, and there was one play in particular where he they're playing the Jets, and he runs, a I think, a streak, and he stacks up the cornerback. And the dude's 6'6", 240-something, and he just zooms by. And I'm like, how are they – they're not – like, they're going to throw this guy the football. And my God, is Arthur Smith just so dumb. But you know what? It's not just Kyle Pitts that is ruining my team. I don't know if you guys pull up the draft board, but I went Pitts, ETN, Dylan, and Darnell Mooney for rounds three through six, and that's the meat of your team. Darnell Mooney and was those just, are just all pick. awful picks. So it's not just the Kyle Pitts pick. It's picks three through six that are just tanking my team. So that's where it went wrong. I think the rest of my draft was fine, but God, did I leave a lot of value on the table there. Um, when it comes to the Falcons, man, like I've been, I am a Kyle Pitts guy, but I was well aware and out about how much I knew that. I just didn't think he was going to produce again this year in a huge fantasy way. And especially at the range of where he's going in every fantasy draft, but Hey, you know, how can you predict that a team that's going to spend back-to-back first-round picks in the top 20, top 15 on a wide receiver and a tight end two years ago are just going to hand the ball off the majority of the time to a 31-year-old skill position player that nobody knows that he was a running back before two years ago. And they're going to give it to another, like, what, fifth, sixth-round pick and some unknown-name guys the last few weeks while he's been hurt? I don't know. No hate on Cordero. He's been great. But, like, to lean on him is kind of crazy considering the draft capital that they've invested in these guys that they've added to their offense. It's pretty pretty mind-blowing. I mean, at least Matt Rule's gone. But you got to think Smith's probably next out the door. I mean, I think it's important to note, like, they are throwing it a little bit more. They're just not throwing it to Kyle Pitts. They're throwing it to Drake London. And the dude's special. Um, If you watch, like, defenses play the Falcons they double Kyle Pitts because they're like okay there's a freak on their team everyone else sucks you take the freak out of the game you win most of the games against the Falcons yeah to your point they they are throwing it to Drake London but like he's 107th right now when routes ran in in the NFL or something like that like he's just not on the field to get the volume he should be getting because, yeah, he's, he's like a 34% target share like when he's on the field, which is a huge number, right? Are you talking about London right now? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Pitts is like – Pitts is way further down than that. Like Pitts was 
Like one game ran like 40% of the routes. What are they doing with him? Like what exactly hey, is he a blocking tight end now? So to Nick's point, to Nick's point about like these, like they're just not in the game or getting these routes and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, they should be thrown to these guys. But for some reason, Arthur Smith does not want to throw them the ball. Well, the thing is, too, like Pitts isn't a blocking tight end. They're not even putting him in when they're running the ball. It was two weeks ago when they played the Browns and they ran the ball like nine times in a row. Pitts wasn't in any of those plays. And I don't know if Arthur Smith is on the hot seat because they're outperforming expectations. But they just they don't utilize their weapons, and it, it really frustrates me. And to get back into why I picked Kyle Pitts, two tight ends, it's because Kyle Pitts isn't really a tight end. The dude doesn't block. He's just a big body who can run fast. And a real tight end you know, is essentially an offensive tackle that can get out in space and put up a big body and catch a ball. But that's just not Pitts. And I don't know where I'm going here, but he's just not it, and it really frustrates me. Because I bet my whole season on the guy and it's not working out. One thing I do want to ask you is that, so the reason Pitts is that high up on the board, though, is because he is a position like tight end. Like, you play him in your tight end slot in your roster. If you removed him and put him at wide receiver in all fantasy formats, let's take a guy that was drafted right near him. Would you take A.J. Brown or Kyle Pitts before all you knew everything this year? Yeah, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? I'd take A.J. Brown a hundred times. But, you know, you, you draft a guy like Kyle Pitts thinking he's going to put up wide receiver one stats, just like Travis Kelsey is doing, just like Mark Andrews is doing. And, you know, when I when I drafted Pitts on top of Kelsey, my thought is, hey, I got two of the best tight ends here. They put up wide receiver one numbers. Like, let's pretend I have Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. I know it's not possible because Zabo snagged him two spots before Pitts. But, like, my team is crazy if I have Kelsey and Andrews because they're putting up 20-plus points a game. That's what I was going to say, right? Because we'll talk later in the podcast episode about the tight end position, but there's only so many guys to pick from, and this was supposed to be another guy that you could pick, and you kind of just took him off the board, assuming he put up not, for lack of a better term, tight end numbers, right? Those wide receiver numbers you're expecting out of him. But looking at that third through five or third through six, you know, level, yeah, I'd say that was definitely your weak spot in the draft. And considering that pitch just didn't work out, um, you're kind of sitting where you are now. But bye weeks are coming, and it's going to test people. So we'll see if you can manage your way out of it. Um, the next thing we wanted to ask you was not that you would want to change, but if you, what other fantasy league format, so we're in a PPR format, would you like to play in? You mean scoring format, or do you mean scoring format? Yeah. Okay. Well, well scoring format or like dynasty, well, other things like that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. To be honest, I've always hated the idea of dynasty. I, I think draft is like 60% of the fun in fantasy. So I would wouldn't want to do that. I think the other the other type of system I would want to try is not super flex, but a two QB league. I think it'd be fun to, you know, have more value with QBs, but also like let's see if, if we're starting 24 QBs in our league. That means you have to start Trevor Lawrence. You have to start Derek Carr. You have to start Jameis and Teddy Bridgewater. And you're starting to get down the list. I mean, Mitch Trubisky might even, you know, be started earlier in the season if we have to have two QBs. So I think that could, you know, really make things interesting in the league. That's kind of where my head's at. And if you're, like, in a league like that – sorry, Mitch. 
But if you're in a league like that, you're gonna have you're gonna have teams that have a a bad backup or like a bad quarterback too, and they're gonna have like the thirty second quarterback in fantasy on the roster. And there's gonna be guys that are gonna be stashing like rookie quarterbacks that may not be starting yet. I love the idea of a two quarterback league, but like you said, it totally throws everything out the window of what we've been doing in terms of draft strategy when you have the importance then on quarterbacks because at the end of the day, there are huge providers at the position every week at that. And I think that another big thing is that this year alone, like if you didn't take a quarterback early, odds are you're in a terrible spot at quarterback, which is like usually the the decision is to wait. I've always been a wait guy. Like the year I won it all, I picked Philip Rivers in like the 12th round. Like that's years and years ago. And that's me knowing my history. And I had Tom Brady last year who was like a quarterback one the first like eight weeks. But like what? You probably can look at the top six and it's Lamar, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Herbert's probably floating around there. Healing hurts. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, if you waited, I know Lang's been desperate the whole year. Berg picked Stafford. That's been horrible. Wait, Lang, Lang didn't back. wait. I'm going to jump in. Lang, Lang was a part of that round five draft and took Dak. And well, Dak pretty things much got died. interesting for sure yeah. in round five. And we've never seen anything like that, but it looks like that was the right move. But, like, guys like Russell Wilson for Joel, like, shit show. Absolute shit show. Yeah, um, I, I kind of like your take on that two-quarterback league for sure. I think that would definitely change things, and it kind of messes up the whole draft order, like you said. So, um, you know, Verts has been pretty vocal towards a lot of players, right? And in this league specifically, he, for some reason, has, like, hated on your team too, and you've hated on his team, and I've hated on his team, right? But do you think there's a gap? between you and Verts, whether you think he's better or you're better in terms of managerial style and why? Like, this is just such a shitty question because you're literally just lobbing me up to pick on Verts, which I understand. You know, we want to stir the pot here. But what, what goes through your mind when you create a question like that? I go through the piss puppies on their high horse, 4-0, talking the talk and hitting everybody's line. And now they just lost the game. So, you know, we might as well just dig the hole a little deeper if we can. Well, I'll say this. Fantasy is year to year. It's it's week by week, game by game. Verts beat me by 40-plus points in week two, and he's 4-1 and one and I'm 1-4. So, clearly, there's a gap between me and Verts this year. If we look holistically, fantasy and life, I mean, I love Verts, but he's, a, he's an interesting cat. That's all I'll say. He's, you know... When he beat me, he started picking on me. You know what? It hurt. It hurt a lot. But, what, you know, big brother always picks on little brother. And eventually, you know, little brother gets an uppercut and hits you in the chin. And, you, you know, you see stars for a bit. And you're like, holy crap, I got to pay a little bit more attention to him. But, yeah, I'll let him have his run. We'll see what happens now. Yeah, it's, nonetheless. Uh, the piss puppies are, they might be pissing down their legs for a little bit here. We'll see what happens. Nonetheless, I kind of lob that question up to you just because I know after he beat you, he definitely has some choice words. So I want to give you a chance to kind of chirp back if you possibly could here. So I appreciate that answer. One more thought about Vertsy, uh, strictly because I love the kid and I don't want to trash on him too much, is he had a point, I don't remember what his exact phrasing was, but 
the gist of it is that every story needs a villain and the heel turn that he has taken this year is so entertaining. And I will say it legitimately hurt when he was talking shit to me when he was hammered that Sunday night. But now that I've already dealt with it and I get to watch him talk shit to everybody else, it is so fucking entertaining. Keep it up, Virtsy. Don't apologize for being four and one. Your team might be in trouble, but God damn it, keep up the trash talk because it is so fun to watch. Everyone gets so mad at you. All fun and games over here. Nothing is ever personal. Um, this next question is like a legitimate question I have because you know you made a statement early on in the year, and the statement was that you had mentioned how we talk about quote our worst fantasy player. You know, Liam's name was brought up from your testimony. And this was to his lack of paying attention, right? And then during the draft, he kind of solidifies that take by taking Rashad Higgins. And everybody gave him crap for it. And you kind of looked like the smart man, right? Going, yeah, maybe he's right. I mean, picks Rashad Higgins. But currently, he's sitting at two and three. Um, His team is pretty decent, or some players definitely think so. And he could go far into this season. So... Can you just elaborate a little bit on that thought and kind of like where you're at now with that take and how things go? I mean, he's doing okay so far. So this isn't me shitting on Liam. This is me just making a point. The reason why his team is decent or good or whatever you want to call it, his team is definitely not bad, is because fantasy is like 80% luck and no one in this league wants to admit it. You know, it's like 15% concentrated power, will, 5% pleasure. But yeah, it's uh, it's 80% luck 20% skill so you know he's just getting the 80% luck any team that's really really good is the 80% luck the skill is managing waivers you know not you know getting a couple sleepers in the late rounds that's the 20% and Liam just wasn't showing that at the time and it was proven in the draft but to Liam's credit I've seen a lot of improvement this year he's more active in the chat he's active on waivers you you can just tell he cares more so I'm wondering if he took what I said to heart a little bit so Coach Nick over here helping helping Liam out. I uh, <clears throat> I really like Liam's team, and his starting lineup is going to be elite. Uh, elite's very strong, but he's going to be really well set with a starting lineup. It's those bye weeks and depth issues that are the only thing stopping him from being mentioned among the top dogs. But, I mean, you look at a lineup as – you got Saquon, Damian Pierce, Mike Evans, Jamar Chase, DeAndre coming back next week. I mean, those are names at the top of that roster. So, I mean, that's just a tough guy you don't want to go up against if he's full health and no buys. But he definitely is paying more attention this year. I will I will agree, Nick. Yeah, I can't say that I took too much thought into our game this week and we'll talk about it, but had a pretty good start and didn't really look back nearly at the app. But so I appreciate your testimony and kind of just going back on that take we had earlier in the year. I mean, Liam, credit to you, you've definitely turned it around to where your draft was at. Um, but obviously it wasn't enough this week. So if there is a player or is there a player doing well that's not currently on your team that you kind of had circled on your draft board that you didn't quite get, but you're like, ah, that's a great pick. I know he's going to do good. Yeah, I'd say looking at the draft board, there were two players that come to mind. And you're going to be happy when I say both these players, Mitch, because they're both on your team. I was really high on Marquise Brown this year just because of, you know, he had my boobs at quarterback. And I had a feeling he'd get a lot of long balls, which he has so far. And, you know, you mentioned 
on an earlier pod or maybe a draft night that you you have a rookie in mind because you had Chase last year, so all of a sudden you're this rookie whisperer, which I'll give you credit, you are this year. I was high on Olave. He was the rookie that I wanted, and it's probably turned out to be the best one so far, at least fantasy-wise. I know Dylan might beg to differ with Garrett Wilson. Or, you know, nope, no I'm with you. I'm with you too. on Olave for sure. Yeah, I think those are the two guys that come to mind that I had a feeling would be good, and they've turned out. But if we're going to be really honest, a lot of guys that I thought would be bad this year are doing really well, and it just sucks. And a lot of guys I thought would be good are doing awful. So that's what I know. I mean, you've got three guys with you, actually, that have three of the rookie receivers. Oh, and no, I'm sorry. Jake London is with Lang. But I've got Olave. You've got Wilson. And then Lang has got uh, Drake London, like I mentioned. And yeah, I mean, I could speak to it a little bit. I guess my quote, I'm putting air quotes up secret, but Zach just mentioned how I pick a good rookie receiver every year is this. I try to just look at situations based and we already talked and covered Atlanta. We know that they're just a bad franchise. The Jets have Zach Wilson throwing the ball, who's Booby's favorite player. And I say that with a very sarcastic voice. So one of like the top receivers that was kind of left was Olave and yeah, Jameis Winston can be a liability at times when he's not playing right now, but dude likes to throw the ball downfield. And with Slant Boy there, he's going to get his targets for sure. But any long ball play, I'm just going to give, you know, Olave a shot. And that's kind of how my thought process went for this year. So um, I like that he's doing well so far. But Booby, Zach, you got anything on the rookie receivers? I mean, yeah. no, go ahead, Zach. I was really hoping that you were going to draft Drake London. Um, coming out of the draft, he was my pick to be the best receiver. And when Marcus Mariota can throw the ball accurately, he's looked like the best receiver, quite frankly. But uh, no, I'm happy you picked Olave. I mean, the Saints are kind of one of my teams that are up there that I root for. So I hope the best for him. Um, and like you said, when Michael Thomas is healthy, he's a deep threat. He just gets down the field. Yeah, I mean. Slant boy gets downfield? Olave. Oh, okay. Just want to make sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Wilson was looking great until Zach Wilson stepped back in and I don't think Zach Wilson's like <laughs> dog shit terrible. Like I just thought it was funny, like his, during his debut game, like me and Mitch were joking about it because the commentator was like sucking him off. Like he's like, he's playing <laughs> such a good game. I'm looking at the box score. Dude's like 13 to 30. Like I'm not watching actively the Jets game ever, but like, I mean, maybe he's playing decent, but like. If you're 13 to 30, you're not praising the guy. The guy's not, he's hitting, he's hitting the ground more than he's hitting a receiver's <laughs> hands to the ground. So it's like, I don't know, maybe that's on the drops and I don't know what was happening, but all I know is the target share and the targets of wide receivers have gone way down with him back under center. They're winning more with him under center, which kind of impacts why Flacco is throwing the ball 65, 70 times a game. It was insane. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to expect from Wilson, and it seems like Olave and Drake London are pretty firm flexes right now, and Wilson's kind of worked his way out of my lineup again. Yeah, so those are definitely some good players that have done well that I'm wearing your team, so appreciate that. Last one here before we kind of get into our Week 5 recap. We're going to get into your game a little bit. We're going to talk players and things like that, but just a quick breakdown. You've got Travis Kelsey – you're down by around 30, I want to say, on a Monday night. Maybe not 30, 20. But on a Monday night, and you end up losing to Reed by three points. 
and Travis Kelsey had seven catches, maybe only five, sorry, five catches for 24 yards and four touchdowns. What emotions are running through your head Monday night trying to get a win? Every single touchdown, I'm getting just a little bit more blood to my cock, thinking that there's a chance I can fuck Reed. But Dan what? Carlson is Dan Carlson is the fucking biggest boner killer on earth. Dude's just drilling 55 plus yard kicks and he's just crushing my dreams. It's back to back weeks for me where I have Monday night nail biters. And both times I watch the whole game thinking I have a chance and I go to bed just hot, sweaty, and pissed. Like I'm under my covers, just angry, and I can't fall asleep because I'm just hot and mad. So it's it's awful. It's why I love the game, but fuck, does it suck? <laughs> I know this doesn't have to response. do. Go ahead, Zach. Say it again. Thank you for the uncensored response. I think everyone's going to appreciate it. Yeah, what I had to say was that uh, did anybody see the video of the like Al Bundy clip like from the TV show uh, Married with Children where it's like the the dad he's like always talking about his high school four touchdowns like i just saw the video on twitter it was hilarious to me like he just kept like like there's like dozens of moments in that episode or not episode but show where he's just always like oh so you're talking about my night where i had four touchdowns like i just <laughs> somebody posted that relating to kelsey i thought it was hilarious yeah i couldn't i haven't had one of those games yet this year thank god but those Monday nighters, man, they will definitely humble you real quick or make you a real happy guy Tuesday morning. So, Nick, appreciate the answers to some of our questions. Thanks for being here with us. Uh, we're going to invite you to stay on as we kind of go through the rest of the pod. We've got a week five recap, and then we got some topics to talk about after. So let's get into it. Um, our first order of business is our game of the week, which was Booby and Jordan. And... This game ended up being kind of close, but Jordan gets the short end of the stick again with Booby beating him 132 to 118. Looking at our game of the week records, I'm 0-4. So if I pick you and you hear this on this podcast, odds are you're going to lose. If Zabo picks you, you're probably going to win. And then Booby, you're sitting at 2-2. Two two. Yeah, I'll take it. Leonard Fournette, 36. Tyler Lockett, 27. CMC, 24. And then Nick Chubb with 25. I found it so interesting that Nick Chubb has six receptions on the year. Total. Total. And he's the number two running back in fantasy right now. Look, yeah. I said it at the beginning of the year when we were talking, like, which running back would you rather have, Najee Harris or Nick Chubb? And when it comes to the true runner of the football, it's got to be Derrick Henry number one and Nick <laughs> Chubb number two. And I don't think it's close, like true running back, like not the whole catching and all that shit. He's a man. He runs the ball. He looks like a bowling ball out there. The dude runs so angry. Like he put AJ Dillon's got legs, like he's strong, but Nick Chubb just runs through everybody. He's so mad when he has the football in his hands. He just reminds me of like, the Spurs in basketball. He doesn't wear all this fancy gear. He doesn't catch the football. He takes the ball to handoff and he just runs into the end zone. That's what the guy does. He'll run through you. He'll run around you. He's fast. He's big. He's strong. He can do it all. He wears like one of those like old school face masks too. So like it kind of it fits the vibe with him too. From where, where you're Jim getting. Brown. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, if I'm he, if 
Yo, go ahead. He just might be one of my favorite fantasy players since I drafted him. It might have been the first year in the league as when he was a rookie, but he might, he's just one of my favorite players in the NFL too. Go ahead. So three things about my game. Um, I thought this was crazy. Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette had the same amount of catches as Tyler Lockett, TJ Hawkinson, Brandon Cooks, Adam Thielen, and Garrett Wilson. So the only reason I win the game. Yep. 17 catches between my running backs, 17 catches between all my pass catchers. Second note, based off the pass catchers, I texted Jordan in the fourth quarter of the 12 o'clock slate because both our tight ends were going. They both had zero points. Like, we're (laughs) going to touch again on tight ends, but like, holy fuck, dude. Like, you're literally hoping for five points or nothing if you don't have Kelsey or Andrews, like two of us in this call right now. Like, it's... It's terrible. And three, one name that wasn't mentioned on the document, Christian Kirk. That was a that was a tough stinker for Jordan because, I mean, he's his wide receiver one. Jordan went with a running back heavy strategy, and James Conner got hurt as well. That wasn't mentioned, but Christian Kirk. I mean, it's tough when you're getting two point one out of him when he's had the start of the year that he's had, and yeah. To your point about. Um, the running backs, I mean, all his running backs looked very, very good these first three weeks. And the fact that one of them goes down, Jordan, and um, James Conner, that's going to hurt. But also, Tyler Lockett on your team is 27. This goes back to, for me, my CEH, and Zach won't admit it, but for him, his James Robinson, you're not expecting these guys to do that, especially with Geno Smith at quarterback. I mean, he's doing phenomenal. Let's not forget DK Metcalf. Um, can we put a little respect on Gino? I think it's time. I think it's absolutely time. And here's the thing about Tyler Lockett. And everybody was like, nobody even knew that Gino was going to start coming into the year. So the, the skepticism on the Seahawks wide receivers going into the year was valid. I would say very valid, but me and Nick both drafted DK and I drafted Tyler Lockett based on their pedigree. They're both proven good wide receivers in the NFL. And this is the four straight week lock. It's over 75 yards. So for me to expect that he's going to have 27. Yeah, that's a boom scenario. But like, I don't think it's out of the question at this point, especially with them having a, a very subpar defense. They're throwing the ball a lot. Like they're on the field. Um, So, I mean, yeah, I, I would say that like Lockett's been my best receiver this year. It's crazy. And another guy that, I mean, is in my lineup moving forward is Jacoby Myers, 24 on my bench. <laughs> he's averaging 17 a game. Like, when he's healthy, he's been a top 15 receiver. So, like, I don't know. Fantasy's been really weird this year, in my opinion, but it is what it is. And if I'm going to add la- one last thing on this game, I dropped Raheem Mostert week two, <laughs> and he had 19 against me. I texted Jordan going into it. When he's, I saw him in his lineup, and I was like, I know Mostert's going to do some stupid shit to me because it's a revenge game. Like, I dropped him. I had running back issues with, like, I didn't have a third running back on my roster just because, like, nobody was projected over seven points, which is Rashad White. He's a backup. And I was, like, worried about it, and I dropped Mostert, and now it's looking like a huge mistake. But down goes Penny. In comes Walker. My season looks completely different at that position. And that's just fantasy football. You had to touch on Raheem most hurt. 
I wouldn't worry. He's probably going to break an ankle or tear an ACL in a couple <laughs> weeks. So it, literally, he's good for a couple 20 point games until he, you know, busts a knee. So I wouldn't worry too much there, Dill. So Jonathan Taylor didn't play in your guys' game. Um, he was ruled out for that following week. But this is the number one overall pick. And I remember Booby, you telling me and Jordan kind of saying out loud the one pick he really didn't want was that number one overall pick. He didn't feel like he had to take a guy. What's next for Jonathan Taylor? Like, does he get back to that top 10 running back status? Kind of how I was worried about Eckler. Now he's kind of back in there. But do you think he ever gets back to that this year? Um, I would say uh, yes. I think they have an easy schedule coming up. And he's just proven to be really good. I mean, I don't know if it's their offensive line or what it is. Like, we didn't touch on this with Chubb. The Browns have an amazing offensive line. Like, they have really good guards. And, like, they're able to run the ball up the middle, which a lot of teams struggle running the ball. I mean, you don't see a ton of guys with a ridiculous amount of yards per carry or yards per game. But JT, he's still such a special player. I think he turns it around. Is he going to be RB1 at the end of the year? Probably not. But do I think he's going to be a top five play at the position again? Yeah, for sure. I mean, after watching the Colts offense this last week, I know I know Taylor was out, but I'm talking about the offensive line. Like the amount of injuries they have and how they're throwing their right tackle at right guard mid-game is bizarre to me. I've actually never seen that. Like a player besides Elgin Jenkins, because he's kind of like a utility guy. I've never seen a guy who's only played right tackle in the NFL just go to right guard mid game. I think they have some serious question marks in Matt Ryan. Um, oh, you really, oh, yeah. you really, you really hate to, Ryan. You really hate to have Taylor unfold the way he has. And moving forward, who knows? I, I think it's a huge question mark. Yeah, and we'll definitely keep an eye on Jonathan Taylor, I guess. I mean, top overall pick, not performing so far. So we actually have co-best games of this past week, and one of them is our guest Knicks game. And this is because both of them were kind of Monday night thrillers, and the chat was buzzing Monday night with players sweating it out. First game, we talked about it a little bit. Reed beats Nick 141 to 138. Kelsey's got 33. Cup's got 26. Dalvin has 26. He finally found the end zone. The production was always there in terms of carries, but never really found the end zone. You touched on it. Carson had 16 as a kicker. That kind of hurts you. Nick, do you have anything to add about your game? Yeah. I mean, like I said before, it just really hurts when a kicker puts you out on a Monday night. But, you know, I got to give my guys credit. They go out there and fight, but I'm not putting them in positions to win. So I'll put this loss on myself. You know, Reed's team. They went out there and they played well, top to bottom. I think he had a decent game. I mean, Higgins putting up a goose egg and Hines putting up a 1.8. That's tough. But the special teams and defense, they played solid. And looking at my team, like I said before, it's carried by three guys. But it's also kind of ride or die with the Packers right now. And the Packers just aren't getting it done on offense. A.J. Dillon not getting pass catches. Rodgers playing pedestrian. And I'm still high on Dobbs, but it just wasn't a good game for him. So, I don't know. Maybe they'll put it together and I might get a win in this league. Who knows? 
Our second um, co-best game of the week is Lang over Berg, and the score was 131 to 128. This game was super wild because on Monday night, you know, I don't remember the score going into Monday night. I apologize. But he had Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller going into it. This is Berg, and he's down. And then Darren Waller gets hurt. Was it six, seven plays into the game? So he's got zero, right? And then Josh Jacobs comes back with 30 points in the game, but just isn't quite enough. It's actually back-to-back games where he's had 30 or over 30 points. In each of those games, he's had over 20 carries, which is kind of absurd. So that game was just wild. You guys have any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, uh, are we going to talk about both the games kind of at the same time here? Like just touch on the players in each of them? Yeah. Okay, I, I figured that was the way we were setting it up. Um, well, when it comes to Berg, like, Jacob's almost, like, Jacob's has been unreal. And I, I was going to, earlier in the year, like, we talked a little bit about Jacob's in the trade because I needed a third running back. And, like, I was so turned off by Josh Jacobs, and now I look like an idiot. And that's fantasy. But, like, while we're getting hurt, like, that just ruins everything. Like, that ruined everything about that game. It sucks. He didn't have a chance, but um, yeah, I mean, running backs finally seem to be starting to turn it around too. like, not to jump back to the other game, but Dalvin having 26, um, he had two touchdowns, I think. I mean, he looked good. I know he's injured. He's playing through like that chronic shoulder injury, but mm-hmm. um, Brees Hall as well had 28. Kamara had 24 for Adam. Like running backs are finally starting to put production into fantasy so you you love to see that from all the managers in our league standpoint, but yeah, just tough one for Berg. Tough one. For you know him. what? I don't care. Berg got a taste of his own medicine. I had to deal with the Monday <laughs> night sweat out against him. He won. Karma got the best of him. He had to sweat it out and lose this week. So I don't feel all that bad. Yeah, it'd be different if you would have won this week, though. In your right, there's so much around. negative karma around Titan University. I'm like the I'm like the Washington Commanders. I'm Dan Snyder at this point. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh I, I think uh Berg's probably my pick for trades this week is Berg. I mean, the guy's got so much draft like trade capital. It's just whoever's on his team is gonna get hurt. That's just what it is. I, I'm curious to see how long he goes without a trade. So Brees Hall, though, had 28 in that game. Does anyone, Booby, can you look this up quick? How many points did Michael Carter have too? Because didn't both the Jets running backs have over 20 points? I could be mistaken there, but. Nick Will Michael Carter was on this. my bench. Yeah, 17.3. And I stopped starting him because it's Brees Hall's backfield. But yeah, Carter got two touchdowns on 20 yards carry. Yeah, so he what? got, he got the two touchdowns because Brees Hall got him all the way down there on big plays. Like the dude had two catches for 100 yards. <laughs> I'm so pissed. I'm so pissed. I was I was gonna draft Brees Hall, and I had somebody in my ear right before I was about to take him, and they turned me off of him, and I'm pissed about it. Who was it? Only it was it was Jake Shears, because I was gonna take no. Listen, listen. But he brought up a good point, because I was gonna take Brees Hall as my third running back, and he told me Michael Carter's starting. Like he legit was starting to start the year. And I wasn't, I, I've been through so much shit the last two years with guys. 
I wasn't I wasn't gonna take the risk. Everybody I took this year, I knew what they were and I knew what they could be. And I mean, I'm not mad at where I'm at. I mean, am I I like to root for players that I wanted and I wanted Brees Hall, but I did get turned off of him right before I was about to take take him. I was on the clock. And I mean, I'm four one. I'm not complaining. And I mean, when it goes to show the last couple of years and the guys I've taken and taken shots of. I mean, I've matched my win count this year on the year that I lost the entire league. So <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not mad right now. All right. So what I'm gonna say is Jets running backs right now are kind of gold because they're playing just like the Cowboys. Like they're relying on their running backs and their defenses are getting takeaway. The Jets have a top ten defense and they're forging takeaways. Like they beat the Steelers, which I thought was wild, and they just mollywopped the Dolphins. So Sauce like, Gardner. Yeah, dude, he's he's probably like the next Darrell Revis, and that's a very hot thing to say. But no. I don't know if that kid – I'm pretty sure there's a stat. He hasn't, like, let up a touchdown since high school. Ew. Did he let up a touchdown this year? I don't know. I don't think he has. He had a big interception I saw this past weekend. These are these hot takes that this podcast is just going to throw at you. The next yeah. Darrell Revis. He's just not, he's not going to be that, but I get it. Zip Bayless. All in all, these co-games of the week were actually pretty fun to watch these guys kind of sweat them out because I wasn't involved in it. So uh, the records of those teams, Reed's 3-2, and two, Nick falls to 4-1. and one. Lang is also 3-2, and two, and Berg also falls to 4-1. and one. One, thing, worst... one thing, one thing before we move on. You have a Monra on here. Um, he was on a snap count. This is why Reynolds um... – had such a big game still. So, I think yeah, no, fine. I know. I think he's gonna be fine. He just was injured. That's kind of what played into that game a little bit. And he's on bye this week. So, extra week of rest. Perfect. Our worst game this week was just very uneventful. Um, Zach played Joel, and I say uneventful because Joel's team scored 83 points. And I know Joel's just not liking his team at all, looking at kind of like the box score, trying to find players to like throw in here for Joel's team. It's really ugly to try and find one sometimes. <laughs> Mahomes has 30. Sorry, the score was 158 to 83. Zach wins. Mahomes had 30. Derek Henry's got 27. Mark Andrews with 24. First week after training for Amari Cooper, he gets 20. But this is like very uneventful because, you know, Zach, were you even worried? I mean, I. I had nothing but slander for him after the Najee trade, so I wasn't just because I didn't like his running backs. But, I mean, Amari Cooper completely showed up. It's just the rest of his team didn't. You know, where where does Joel go from here, though? I'll start. I'll start. Get get Wilson out of your lineup, man. Like, I I respect Joel a fuck ton with fantasy, but, like, I couldn't even believe he had him in the lineup this week. The guy's bad. He's not good. Like, he literally is not good. And honestly, part of it is, like, I've never really been a Russell Wilson guy. I've had him in fantasy in the past. He's been great for me. And, like, he had some good years in Seattle. But, like, you watch that game. God, man, is he so frustrating to watch. And his inability to throw that slant on fourth down to end the game. Like, to just be so scarred from probably the worst moment of your whole career to just not even look at that route is insanity. And now they're and people literally called it after the game. Analysts were like, 
Yeah, they're probably going to come out and say that he's injured. Boom. Shoulder injury. Dude, he's just not... You're panicking. You just paid him $250 million. You have him for five years. You just traded a shit ton of draft capital. You're panicking. Your season's in flames. They're panicking. Like, And he's not good. Like, he's he's not good. I mean, as bad as he's been, and I'm completely on board with you, because I had a hot take earlier that I thought he was going to do really well with the Broncos, which that just, I'll it's leave my words. Take. I thought he was going to do good, though. And everyone no, was well, like, At the no. time, that wasn't a hot take. Right, right, right. But I've got Cortland Sutton, and I still have no problem starting him every week. For some reason, I mean, he's only getting like 11 to 17 points somewhere in there, but I mean, I'm still going to start him as an RB2 or wide receiver too. So that's just something interesting. Yeah, Russell Wilson's corny. He's fake. He makes excuses. He, like, he has this perfectly manicured image of what he's supposed to be for the media, and now that he's falling apart, he looks awful. And I'm here for it. Not a Russell Wilson fan. This game was just uneventful. And I was cheering Joel on because I wanted him to beat Zach. But it didn't work out, I guess. Um, I mean, Mitch, like we said earlier uh, a couple of weeks ago, every time you bet against me, I've won. So I definitely want you to keep doing that. Look, man, every time I bet against anybody in this league, they're going to win. So our but takes at the end of this for game of the week are just going to be solely based off that previous record. I ended up beating Liam this past week. Um, now two and three. Liam falls to two and three. One fifty-five to one twenty. Josh Allen was going nuts from the beginning, so it kind of just let me be at ease early. And it looks like Eckler is finally turning back to Eckler, all in all. And he's doing this with like Joshua Kelly, like really getting not a lot, but like a decent amount of snaps or more than he should be right now. So. Those two guys are kind of carrying me. I had some guys inquire me about Hollywood Brown. He only had 20, but he's had a consistent, like, around 20 points each week, which is kind of phenomenal. I didn't think he was going to be that great. I know D-Hop's coming back. It's going to affect him a little bit. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire comes back to earth a little bit with 6.5 points. And then for Liam's team, Pierce has got 20. He's had three great weeks where he's had 20 or just around there. So he looks like he's going to be a good back for the future. Um. I do, I do like to see Eckler come back to life. Had him last year. Love the guy. Um, one thing I do respect about the Chargers is that they just go to their playmark, playmakers almost every single play. Like Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Eckler. I think with uh, Keenan Allen out the last couple of weeks, they've tried to force the Gerald Everett, cost him a pick six, and after that, kind of shied away from him. So you just loved, you love to see Eckler. He's a smaller running back. Just get all the touches and perform well. One thing I got to know, you know, in a losing effort, shout out to Liam, the real TEU, starting Kittle and Fryermuth. Yeah, every I, week. I can out, see that. But every he week. Had... He's done it every week. God, and do he's... I just want Keenan Allen to play football. I'm sorry. It's all right. He also is starting two Bengals wide receivers right now because of his injuries, too. So he's got two tight ends, two Bengals wide receivers. I'm happy it didn't work out against me, but that's also an interesting play. Yeah, man, Liam crushed those running back picks. Barkley and Pierce is a, a scary duo. Dude, Pierce, he looks he looks really, really good. He, like, all right, I'm not a pro football focus guy. They, like, kind of pissed me off with their stats. But he had the most uh, missed tackles in a game, like, for, like, shedding tackles or, like, 
making guys miss. He had the most missed tackles in a game in like pro football focus history since they've been covering it. It's 17. And I don't know if you guys saw that run that he had where he literally broke like seven tackles. The dude just is running legit. And he was just a sleeper coming into the, like, obviously fantasy, but like in the real draft because he never got more than nine carries in a game at Florida. And like, everybody's just shitting on Dan Mullen because obviously he's not the head coach there anymore. He's an analyst on TV and it makes sense because the guy looks like he's the real deal. Well, yeah, all in all, I was glad to get this win after starting 0-3 of won two in a row and feeling much better about my team. But we're just going to try to keep our head down and keep winning. And Liam is someone that people think has got a good team, so it was good to get a, a win against a decent team here in fantasy. Our last game to kind of wrap up this week, and I wrote down the game that everyone's happy about, but I think that could be just me. Levi finally beats the undefeated Piss Puppies 121 to 111. Burt's fraudulent team loses. Devontae pushed reporters, could be out here a few more weeks. That could hurt him. But he had 27. Mindre Stevenson had 20. Justin Jefferson looks back with 30. And then Gabe Davis. So in the first quarter, he had 32 points, not in the first quarter, but total. But at one point in the first quarter, he had two catches for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Like, that was incredible. Came out I'm of sorry. The just speaking of Hurts, I'm just laughing at a text that he sent me. It was a trade involving Cooper Cup. And in his defense, he thinks that he's given me enough, but I'm not giving up the best player in fantasy. Like, that just doesn't make sense. Sorry to call you out, Hurts. That might be bad for airing dirty laundry out, airing out trades. But what the fuck, buddy? <laughs> Um, I was with Levi during this game when Gabe Davis caught those two catches, like two Hail Marys, and I've never seen so much joy in someone's face. And on top of it, I like Gabe Davis. He was a guy that a lot of people stayed away from and get a couple rough weeks, and I think he's going to be all right. Yeah, he was a little banged up. Um, I've been a Gabe Davis guy. He's not going to give you seven, eight catches. But the most important part about him is that he gets an insane amount of high-value targets in the red zone, deep threats, like, and especially in that offense, which the Bills look like. I mean, God, I'm not a, like, everybody loves the Bills, right? Like, everybody, like, I feel like aside from, like, liking what they are as a football team, I'm talking, like, they like, like, people root for Buffalo, they like Buffalo. Like, I just don't want to see them, I don't want to see them win the Super Bowl. Like I'm just against well, like the majority. I feel like on that. Like I'm Why? just not. I just there's something about everybody being like just thinking that they're the greatest thing ever, and it's like I just I hate when teams are just praised like that. And for me, like I just don't want to see them win the Super Bowl. Like, now, do I want to see the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? Not really. But like I just the Bills are that team this year that are look like they're just playing a different sport and I just, I'm just, I don't want to see it happen. It's just a personal thing. I mean, I, I like Josh Allen. Hence where I, I like Josh Allen too. Don't get that twisted. I don't want you to get that twisted. Okay, good. But like, I think it's just because, you know, that Josh Allen, like quiet, hard nose. I'm going to put myself in the worst situations for my team to win. You know, the bills mafia, they're up in upstate New York in the snow and just the rough and tough, all of it. I really think people love that and can like latch onto that rather than like the yippity do 
fairy tale Pat Mahomes. I'm not saying he's bad, but I'm just saying like the acrobatics. I think they've kind of like that quote hard nose football. Oh God, by far. But <laughs> <laughs> well, like by I, far. I guess what I'm getting at is just that they've they've been kicking the shit out of teams. There's two games now where they haven't even had to play Josh in the fourth quarter. And like I just I just want to see them I just want to see them lose. Like, I don't know. I think it's the fan base, Sheriff. Uh, do you like Bill's Mafia? The, the Bill's Mafia is cool. Yeah. I'm so what is it about it? I'm talking the football team, man. Like, I just... You don't like Sean McDermott? They're just so good that it, I don't want them to win. Like, I, I, like last year, the Bengals were sick. Like, I wanted the Bengals to win the Super Bowl because it was it was fun to watch. But, like, what do you so mean? What's this the, look on your face right now? The Bills aren't fun to watch? Did you not see them third and they're, ten back up on the their Bills, team? The Bills to me, yeah, I mean, I guess they're a great story, but they're not a fun story. Like, I want to see – I would like to see the Eagles win over the Bills. I'll be totally oh, honest. Oh, no. Yeah? Dude, the Bills were trash before they got Josh Allen. I'm not saying that they weren't trash. They were literally so close to going to the Super Bowl last year. Like, they're probably beating the Bengals because the Chiefs collapsed against the Bengals. But, like, if they don't have a lack of – I don't even know what you want to call it. Whatever happened at the end of that game in the playoffs. I mean, they're probably in the just... Super Bowl. But, like, I understand your guys' pushback with me here. I get it. Like, I totally do get it. I'm just saying from a personal side, I just don't want to see the Bills win. And I could feel you with that personal side because I definitely have some personal things about players and teams yeah. in the league. But it's just – it's not that I hate it. It's just so weird to me. You know, I, I always thought everyone loved the Bills. I don't know. That's so... where I'm getting at is that everybody <laughs> loves the Bills. Like everybody thinks that they're the greatest show on earth, and it's like I don't, I don't want to see them continue to be that. All right, we're gonna move on from the Bills. We're gonna get into some league news here, and you're gonna hear more about some things happening in the league. Yeah, so get to some league news here, league updates um, from our chat just going on. So after last podcast, you know, Vert's kind of called out Bowie for going and sitting down and watching the games or the hockey game on a Sunday and kind of got brought up that people were a little triggered by that answer that you gave Booby. Can you, Nick or Zach kind of explain what all this hoobla, I guess was about? Like, are people saying they watch the games or they don't? Are they saying your answer was weird? What do they mean? It was Nick. I mean, Nick, I know you said something about it in the chat. I, I definitely think the episode was running long. I probably just said it the wrong way. Like I, like I literally was, I watched the entire Packer game. I watched the entire 12 o'clock red zone, three, three, three or five start red zone. Like I watched Sunday night football. Like I watched every game. So like, I th- I guess I was more saying that like through the course of an entire year, don't tell me everybody watches every single game. And the thing is, is that last Sunday I only missed the second half of the three o'clock slate in Sunday night football. And even then, me and Jordan were with my uncle and my dad, and we literally missed the first 10 minutes of the first period because we were in the bar watching the Packer game finish and watched them kick the game-winning field goal. So, don't – Yeah. Don't, I, yeah. After, after talking through it, I think you didn't mean what you said, but the way I heard it when I was listening to the pod last week, I was like, who the fuck does Dylan think he is to judge people for watching football all day? But, you know, talking through it, we now know that's not what was meant. Oh, yeah, no, that that's... Takes, that makes total sense. Like I was yeah. literally just saying, don't tell me that 
Like, don't come at me for missing a half in a Sunday night game when, like, there's no chance everybody watches every second of football every Sunday. And if you do, props to you. Like, honestly, that's that's dope. Like, I wish I could, but, like, there's times where I'm doing other things. And, like, maybe my fantasy matchup's wrapped up, and I don't care to watch what. Maybe the Jags are playing the Texans on a Monday night game. Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, sometimes when you can't catch all the games because you are got to run to the toilet and sit on it right now like Zach is during this podcast episode. I can smell. I can smell it. We're sitting in a video recording and Zach sit on the toilet, which is freaking awesome. But I know that's why I brought that up. <laughs> hey, man, there's some hot dookies. <laughs> so another thing that kind of got brought up during the course of this weekend was that the official trophy gate with our commissioner, you know, reports are coming out of different camps that <laughs> money was given to the commissioner for a league trophy. Yet it's not a no report. One, it's a fact. Yeah. Well, we're going to call it reports, but it was coming out. Money was given to the commissioner for a league trophy. And yet last year, we're not sure where it went. Now, the commissioner was very reluctant to respond early on, and there was an official investigation launched against him. You know, people came to his house, knocked on his door, and they got the answers. But he eventually gave us some answers in the chat, too. Um, where did that money end up going again? That was actually never answered. No, Jordan that was just... the money might be missing. Like, legit, there might be money missing. Embezzlement charges are still on the table. Those have not yet been dropped. My guess is Jordan just has the 60 bucks and is waiting to get some more money to buy a better trophy, but that wasn't answered. So, I mean, there's no chance he still even table. thinks about it though. Like he is probably was just forgotten about and like oh, 100%, 100%. had extra $60. You know, we brought up that we don't care where the $60, whatever went. If it went to drinks, beers for the boys at the draft night. Sure. If it went to, you know, doing something else, but like, if this man is hiding it, like, some league member brought up that people have been kicked out for a whole lot worse. And although he's the commish, if, if he's embezzling money like that, like it's gotta be gone. It's like some Enron <laughs> type shit. The board is corrupt. Mitch, Mitch, no. definitely making, Mitch definitely making some points for once. Um, I mean, who knows? <laughs> maybe, if we, maybe if we do decide to switch apps and Sheriff is knowledgeable, I mean, Who's to say that Sheriff can't become commissioner one day? Wow. I really appreciate that, that vote of confidence, Zach. Well, Jordan, you're listening to this, so I hope you do. Like, what in the league, what would you all say if all of a sudden Booby's campaigning to be the new commissioner and we have, like, an official league vote? Like, what do we do about that? I I wouldn't campaign to, to be league manager or commissioner. I'll be honest. I don't want the responsibility. I – respect what Jordan does dude you got to think about it with all sports like commissioners don't get praised which whenever time we bring up Jordan it seems like we're shitting on him but it's like the leagues ran really well like it is compared to I mean compared to other leagues compared to other leagues bro you have no idea the shit I hear about other people's fantasy leagues like there's corrupt league commissioners out there like, well, Jordan remember, might be. There's 60 bucks on the line. Okay, well, remember a couple <laughs> years ago when there was that big fiasco about me trying to start Taysom Hill when he might have been starting at quarterback? Oh, yeah. There was a league uh, that, like, Armani and Komar, like my roommates, were in. And the league manager had Taysom Hill. And he was like, I'm playing him. 
and there's nothing anybody can do about it. <laughs> and he played him at court, like as a quarterback at tight end, and like nobody could nobody could override him because he was the commissioner. So I'll like, say this: we, I'm we just do saying, have like our league, balances. our league is our league is soundly intact. We're a little rough around the edges, and that's <laughs> that's a fact. I was kind of hoping for. I'm real. I'm watching Game of Thrones for the first time. I'm really into the Game of Thrones. Like, do we need to start like a Game of Thrones to be on the commissioner seat? Is that what's happening? Are we about to join forces and overthrow the commissioner? Now, Jordan, Look, just so you know, I'm talking about this. And I'm smiling the entire time, alluding that I'm kidding, but it's just fun to talk about. Do I? This think is that the I Libyan could... uprising. We're starting a democracy, and jo- Jordan is, is Muammar Gaddafi. And how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> i'm not smiling jordan <laughs> he's not i'm kidding he is. but um honestly though like if it did come down to be being commissioner like voted on by the people which i don't think is gonna happen ever but i think i would be good at the position but i don't want the responsibility and i don't want like there's probably some stress in that so I have a hot take and saying that Virch is gonna text in the chat once he hears this go, Booby's gonna be the worst fucking commissioner ever. God, could you imagine if Virch was commissioner of this league? Dude, me and Nick had this conversation actually one day privately about who, <laughs> who would who would be bad commissioners to the league and who would be good. And like there's like a good list of guys that I just would not want to be league manager. Yeah, Jordan was jokingly called Hitler. I don't remember who called him that. I don't know if it was me. Maybe it was me. <laughs> I think it might have been. Like, Verse actually would be Hitler. Right? I wouldn't That's want Zach strong. to manage the league or be the commissioner. I wouldn't want you to be the commissioner either, Mitch. Why? Yeah, I Mitch, just don't think I'd want you to be commissioner. Why is that? You're too emotional. I'm the Mad King. Would I be the Mad King and kill everyone? I'm such on a Game of Thrones throne. Yeah, and you're really biased. Like you're really one-sided with things, which can be a good thing. But with like your bias, like like just especially when we brought up league rules and like certain policies this year, you've been really strong on one side. And like it makes a difference. Like Jordan's very open-minded, and he doesn't really disagree with a whole lot when it gets proposed. So, oh, he's very like calm too. I I let them let emotions get the best of me more times than not. Yeah. So yeah, I I guess I could see that from your point of view, but I would I, I hope I get some brownie points for dedication. But <laughs> I think we're all dedicated here, so I don't think that's kind of a Talk tight ends. Yeah. So the that's tight end position. Right now. We, I've been hearing things about tight ends just from you know at school listening. You know, my students talk about tight end stuff. Oh, pause. Time out. Oh, yeah, you go to jail for that. They're, they're <laughs> tight ends in fantasy football. How they're gonna get like rid of their tight end position? And I was. <laughs> I also heard other people on the internet talking about like the tight end position because Booby, you alluded to it earlier. Like, you either have like two guys, or you're hoping for five points, right? And we've got in front of us kind of like right now the league leaders in points per game for tight ends. Kelsey at 22.4, number one. Number two, Mark Andrews at 18.2. And then Hawkinson at three at 13.1. But he had one game with 40, and then he's had one game over 10 points since then. So it's kind of like a lopsided early in the year. But then you're looking at like Ertz, Goddard, Higby, and Taysom Hill is seventh. He's not even a, a tight end. That's how like watered down that position is so two questions i want you all to kind of comment on what your thoughts are about the tight end position in the fantasy football 
The second thing is, would you be open to getting rid of it and adding kind of that second quarterback position we talked about or a different position? I'll start with the well, I'll start with the second question. You can't get rid of tight ends. Like if you're gonna get rid of a position in fantasy, you get rid of kickers, right? Like tight ends are a part of the yeah. offense. They get the ball. And you know, if you want one of those two good tight ends, you have to take take them in the last year was the first round. This year was the second round, me getting Kelsey. Like you pay the premium, but I'm missing out on opportunities to get a RB one or a you know a wide receiver one. So you can't get rid of tight ends. But the what was the first question, Mitch? I got on a soapbox there. Yeah, just kind of talking about the tight end position. I mean, you kind of alluded to it that you kind of pay the premium to get, you know, those top-notch guys. But do you ever think that we're going to see more of these, like, we talked about Kyle Pitts being like a hybrid tight end wide receiver. Are we going to see more of that with better offenses and hopefully get the tight end position up a little bit more in value? Well, I mean, you can kind of see as a whole football I mean, football always evolves, right? In the 40s, it was an all-running game. Now it's a heavy passing game. Uh, you're starting to see players like Debo Samuel and Cordell Patterson and, you know, other versatile players that are doing a little bit of everything. You're going to see that in a tight end position, too. I don't think just Kelsey and Mark Andrews are going to be the guys that are going out and catching deep balls and getting touchdowns. I think over time it'll evolve. But the the true tight end isn't like a really good true tight end isn't a good fantasy player like one that can block like a motherfucker and catch passes like a motherfucker because you're gonna be blocking a little bit like the last true really good overall tight end that was also good in fantasy was Gronk Kelsey's not a good true tight end he kind of blocks like a puss I don't know about Andrews Piss doesn't block at all it's it's different Kittle, Kittle has his has has his moments in fantasy oh, in the year sure. that I won it all. The year I wanted all, he was unbelievable as a receiver. But, like, so far this year, like, it's been back to blocking for him. I mean. Yeah, I I would never want to get rid of tight ends. I mean, obviously it's easy to say when you have a guy like Mark Andrews. But I would say I did take him in the third round, even though I wasn't planning on taking him. And it worked out great. I think there's five good tight ends. Like, Kittle's been kind of a letdown because he's been injured. And Waller as well. Being injured, Pitts, I, I mean, that was just a whiff. I mean, five guys out of 12 in the league that just have a guy you can plug in and play and then the rest of the league just streaming it on the waiver wire, I think it's kind of cool. I mean, Lang picked up Njoku. He's probably going to continue to start him. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things where it just holds people accountable in terms of managing their fantasy team. Yeah, I mean, Nick, I don't feel afraid saying this now because I think he's completely off the table, especially after this last week. But me and Nick, like, I pushed Nick really, really hard for Travis Kelsey weeks two through four. Like, hours and hours of conversations with each other about getting Travis Kelsey. Because, like, this tight end position this year is, like, a wasteland. Like, at least in, like, previous years, Waller was very serviceable. Kittle was very good. Like, this year, there's literally two. Hunter Henry randomly was good last year because he just got touchdowns. A lot of touchdowns. But... When he was with the Chargers, he did well. I mean, Antonio Gates way back in the day was kind of a dog. Like, Hawkinson's going to start the whole year for me. I mean, he's on a bye week this week, so I got to make a move. But he's going to start the whole year for me. Do I feel great about him every week? No. But, like, I don't really have a better option. And nobody's going to be a higher upside play than him that I can stream. So, it's like, I'm just going to keep putting him in there. I'm happy that he got me 40 points one. I think that call that a dub for the whole year. 
I think I literally <laughs> am like, that's a win. Him literally putting up 40 points in one game. I've talked about this early on in the podcast too. Like as, as premium as like Kelsey Andrews, maybe Hawkins and Waller, Kittle kind of are more, more Hawkins or more Kelsey and Andrews. Like I just see more value in the running backs or wide receiver position that I don't think I'll ever take a tight end in the first two rounds, maybe even three. I just can't see myself doing that. I think knowing that it gets to a point where it's three, maybe four, that it's kind of take your pick and hopefully you get lucky. That's kind of where I'm at with the tight end position. So get rid of it or not. That's just kind of all I think about it. I think there's obviously more value in other players from my point of view. There isn't not, not Kelsey. He averages 22.4 points a game. That's like top 10 in all of fantasy. Yep. And I, and yeah. I see that. Right. But I just think, you know, with the possibility, I've never had a top tight end and maybe that's why, because I don't know the value because I don't know what I don't have taking like a, not a Justin Jefferson because he's a first rounder, but who was a second rounder? Josh Allen. Debo, Josh Allen. I'm taking Josh Allen. No, but just like other running backs, though, like Nick Chubb was a second rounder. I mean, I'd, I'd rather have Nick Chubb than Travis Kelsey, even regardless of how he's doing now. Like I would have. So taken you picked the best first. second rounder that was taken, like a, a breakthrough just, player this year. Okay, I was gonna just said I'd take him before, even if he wasn't having a breakout year, because I would have taken him. Point being is I yeah I don't know I just I kind of float that position and I'm okay with flexing it in and out week in and week out. I feel like the tight like the top tight end position typically in years past has always been like if you have a top pick like a top three pick when it comes all the way around most of those running backs like the Nick Chubbs of the world are gone so then it's like all right you can get just a lock in guy at tight end and third round will come around and get another like serviceable back or serviceable receiver. I mean, Nick, when did you take Kelsey? Middle of the second? Yeah, he actually – he fell quite a bit. It was – I had the fifth overall pick, so it was like middle end of the second. Right. So, I mean, I think that's where the tight ends are usually going to go. Unless you're a guy that just thinks that you know guys and can draft well. I mean, it, it really sucked last year when I had Dalton Schultz for the year. Even though he did play really well, I did manage to trade for Waller. And then, of course, Waller got hurt but it did feel good to have Waller just to not worry about it. Yeah. I thought we should definitely just talk tight ends with tight end university. And, you know, with being the team named tight end university is Taysom Hill allowed in tight end university. No, he's not a tight end. He's, he's like, if, if you know how high school recruits will get labeled as an athlete, that's what Taysom Hill is. Like he doesn't have a position. He, I think he's just labeled a tight end in fantasy because no one knows where to put him. Like he should, his label should just be flexed. Yeah. You can play him anywhere but quarterback, right? Like, I think that's fair. I agree. You actually bring up a good point there. Yeah, is anybody going to have a problem if somebody plays him at tight end? You shouldn't. I don't. You shouldn't, and then he puts up 35, so you're like, what the hell? I mean, well, but he's not hes not playing quarterback, but like kind of is. He's like a wildcat quarterback. I don't know. It's So if he has any passing yeah. touchdowns from his – tight end running back position like he did. So he had four touchdowns last week, but one of them was passing. How, how do you grade those points? Running backs and receivers have had passing touchdowns too. So I just view it that way. Like he's not a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, if you got the balls to play him, play him. It'll get you three or 30. He's kind of like Tyler Lockett. <laughs> there you go. 
So, bro, Booby had brought up the point that, you know, we're starting to see the emergence of running backs kind of come back to life here later on in the season. I should say later on, but a little bit further into the season than the beginning. Um, We've got some good teams in this league with good pairs of running backs. It's not to say all good teams have good pairs of running backs, but we we're just going to kind of run through a few of them and kind of give our verbal opinion and rank kind of where you put these duels of running backs. So, Booby, if you wouldn't mind, it doesn't matter what team it is, just kind of yell out or tell us these duo running backs in the league this far. Yeah, I'm just going to go team by team here from the app with uh, their position. You can skip my team. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about maybe skipping Zach's as well with how James Robinson's been recently. Like, I just don't think that we're going to be talking about yours as the best duo. And I think your strengths are in other parts of your team, if you agree with that. I mean, I – I guess we could talk Cordero. You could talk Cordero and Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, I'm that's that's what I would consider my running backs. If you want to ask me who else, Mm -hmm. and just with him being injured, it is what it is. But so I'm going to start with Reed's team: Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones. Dalvin Cook RB14, Aaron Jones RB13. We got Liam with Saquon and Damian Pierce. Saquon's RB3, Damian Pierce's RB10. Jordan has Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is RB2, and Jonathan Taylor is RB31. We've got Nick. Not even going to touch on it. Adam has a bunch of running backs. He has DeAndre Swift, who is 29, but you could argue Kamara as well, who just finally popped off. But uh, Josh Jacobs is RB4. And then moving to the other division, you got me. I've got CMC and Leonard Fournette. CMC's RB5, Fournette is RB7. We've got Verts, not going to touch on him. Levi, Javante Williams went down for the year, not going to touch on him. Lang has Joe Mixon and Brees Hall. Joe Mixon, RB15, Brees Hall, RB9. We got Mitch, CEH, obviously, with Eckler, RB8 for Edwards, RB1 for Eckler, and lastly, Joel kind of a position that he's kind of struggling with. So out of the teams that I did label their running backs, did any of those really stand out to any of you? I think it should be Jordan's team. Few and far between. It should be. Few and oh okay. Should be. Few yeah. and far between, I'm saying, because like Jonathan Taylor should be playing well. He's just not. But then like I like Nick Chubb and just he's showing that he's good. Like I think it should be his team that has the best running back duel by far. Um, and if I was moving forward, even though I have the number one back, but with CEH and some other names, I would want Jordan's running backs moving forward. Dylan, I think I think I gotta give it to you. CMC and, and Lenny, Barstool Lenny, those are two dogs who are getting a lot of passes. They're gonna put up points week to week. And I think Jones is a close second. Barkley and Pierce. Pierce runs hard, and Barkley gets 25-plus touches a game, so it's hard to beat. Yeah, I, I go Jones. Um, obviously, Saquon. Saquon, the Giants run their offense through him, and so do the Texans through Pierce. Like, that, they're, that is literally their team. Um, Dylan, I like your running backs, too. Just, I think, Tom Brady getting his weapons back. I think there's going to be some regression. Not saying going to be irrelevant, but – I think uh, Damian Pierce is going to blow up this year and probably be the steal of the draft at running back, at least. Don't forget Damian Pierce is on the Texans. Let's just keep that in mind. He's good. That's what my thought was, too. 
Saquon's on the Giants. I mean, I guess the Giants are four and one. He's on the Panthers. I know. I I still think it's just uh, that's not going to last. I mean, I guess I could be wrong, but I just think they run their offenses through both those backs, and I don't know what else they really have. You just hate Christian McCaffrey because you think he's made of glass. I I hate the Panthers' offense this year, and I think Lane would love to talk about how terrible DJ Moore's worked out for him. I mean, their offense looks like shit, Mitch. And if you don't agree, then you don't watch Panthers football. No, I I agree with you. I don't want to touch on the Panthers. Panthers. I don't want to touch on the Panthers for too long. But with Rule being gone, and apparently Baker is a little banged up, and they've been even talking about benching him regardless because of how bad they've been. Um, DJ Moore was over 1,100 yards the past two years before this fantasy season. So I think Darnold, if he steps in at quarterback, DJ Moore sees a bump. Christian McCaffrey last year was even more productive than he's been this year um, with Darnold under center. So, but I also sent Zach this today, which I don't think this will ever happen, but um, apparently like the, the Panthers are open to moving McCaffrey. And that would be like a wild fantasy football scenario. Like one of the teams they talked about was the bills. And I just can't imagine if that happened. If he goes to the bills, then you have to like them now. <laughs> yeah, of course, because that would be like, it'd be have it would be. I think that would be literally best case scenario. But I mean, I don't know. Probably won't see him moved. I don't think he will be. But yeah, nonetheless, um, we're going long on time here, so we're gonna kind of wrap things up here. But those are the running back duos we've got. You heard from us who we think is the best. We'd love to hear from the other league members who they think has got the best running back duos. Um, we're going to wrap things up here with our game of the week for next week. And we've got a matchup with better records and more fantasy implications. But the game of the week we went with this week was Jordan and Verts. And the reason we did that was because Verts has been running his mouth as the Piss Puppies have been. Okay. He's been running them specifically to Jordan too. And Jordan last week was not having it, and he circled the game and sent it in the chat. So this is going to be your dying moment here, Piss Puppies. So we're going to find out, you know, who's going to reign supreme in this good week six matchup with Jordan and Burtz. We're going to take our picks and why real quick. Booby, we'll start with you. I feel like I bet against Burtz every single week. But, like, simply this week, like, with Devontae being on by. And Jordan's just due. Jordan's been putting up good points. I just, I got to go Jordan. I just think that his team takes the edge this week, especially with buys and all things considered. Zabo? Nope, he's, he's doing No, something. I'm here. I'm here. My bad. <laughs> um, you know, it's one of those things where you look at projections and you, like Dylan said, you think someone's due. I mean, I guess I'm just going to be the guy to take the underdog here, which is the Piss Puppies. I'm going to take Verts to win again. And the only reason why I'm kind of like hoping it happens is because I can only imagine how loud Verts is going to be in the group chat if he does somehow pull it off. When I'm, I don't think he's going to win, but I'm going to continue to bet on the Piss Puppies. I'm undefeated this year in game of the week. Let's see if I can keep up the, the tradition of whoever I pick wins. Nick, who you got? Yeah, I mean, looking at the matchup, Jordan's pretty heavily favored, especially because Adams is on bye this week. 
being a one in four team, a fellow one in four team, might I add, Jordan, I really would like you to lose. Uh, I think it'd be good for myself and just good for the group chat if Verse continues to be the villain. But I think the Golden Stallions are taking the piss puppies to the vet and putting them down this week. This game's not going to be close. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going with Jordan because Birch's team has been fraudulent ever since week one. I mean, look at his team. He's got Devontae. That's pretty much about it. So I'm going with Jordan as well, hopefully to get my first win in the game of the week category. So that's what we've got in terms of game of the week. Just a quick update in our garbage bowl standings. Um, I've battled my way out this this far into the season. But we're looking at three teams at four and one right now, and that's Jordan, who's playing versus at four and one. Why do you say four and one? You did that earlier. Oh my god! One and four. I'm sorry, one and okay. four. I keep looking at things. One and four. I apologize. I wish I was four and one. Titan University here with us. Nick is one and four as well, and then Ty Royal, Smoochie Wallace, and Adamberg are also one and four. Those three teams. We'll keep an eye and see how they do next week. See if someone can pull themselves out of that garbage bowl contention. Look, this has been a lot of fun, and these are going to start to be a little bit longer just because we can see each other, and it's a lot more conversational. And I have a ton of fun doing this with whoever's on this podcast and obviously the, the three main guys that are on here. So I look forward to it every week, and hopefully we can keep doing this. Yeah, no, Nick, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure. It's been a real pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. Nice having you, Nick. Go piss puppies. All right, we will catch you next week on Episode 9. Everybody here is out of sight They don't bark